two or three minutes to give the general outline of the time with the uh, inquiry, maybe uh, questions that you may have. These questions may, of course, come from the day, meditations, instructions, talks, um, guided meditations, areas of interest or concern, whatever that you may have. There may be something that you wish to speak about. And again, anything which you feel is important or relevant in any way whatsoever, then do uh, speak. Sometimes with the inquiry time, it lasts for just a few minutes, and sometimes uh, 5, 10, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever seems appropriate between the person and myself. With the uh, inquiry time, the primary intention is to make a contribution towards uh, insight and uh, understanding for one and all. With the uh, inquiry at any time, the person who is speaking or myself can say thank you to bring the inquiry to a close. And then there are two or three minutes of shared silence together. After uh, two or three minutes, I'll say anyone and then another person may wish to speak, so that we are alternating, in fact, from inquiry into some shared silence. And then after two or three minutes, I'll say anyone, anytime, and then another person may uh, wish to speak, so that we're alternating. When the inquiry is taking place, to please remember the fullness of listening, so that listening outwardly to the person, myself, who is speaking together and listening inwardly to whatever responses that you may be having as you listen. Sometimes people are listening, hopefully, with some uh, interest and uh, empathy, connection, relevance. But sometimes one is listening and feeling uh, completely bored very agitated and uh, quite upset. Who knows? So there's the outer listening and the inner listening as well as we uh, to take place. That's what's meant by the fullness of uh, listening. A couple of other uh, small features with the inquiry, which lasts just over the hour. Uh, one is that the invitation is to come and sit up at the uh, front here, so that saves uh, people uh, getting neck strain in turning their head around to see who is speaking. Also, some people have reported in recent years that it's a bit more difficult having to come up and speak, and therefore that's an extremely good reason to have to come up and speak. And uh, the other is that there's the good person over there on the staff who uh, has a, a, a tape recorder over there. It's got the word record on it. And that's quite voluntary on your part. So, if you feel comfortable and it is recorded, um, please uh, note it goes into the public domain and to your parents. And, um, <laughs> and if you prefer... It does go into the public domain, means... Sometimes the person who is speaking wishes to order, sometimes others, because it's relevant to their situation there. 
Uh, and if you don't want it recorded, um, we're not desperately keen to have your voice on the cassette. And uh, no button will be pressed over in the corner there. Leave it in your good hands, obviously, with regard to that. So this is the general outline of the inquiry. There are three or four during the course of our uh, eight days together. Uh, so the first one, obviously. And anyone who has anything you would like to uh, ask about, anything you would like to speak about, then please just uh, come up to the front. And Bushin is uh, here for you. Yes, please, yes. Is the uh, taping? Yeah. Okay. Time to tape. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll move this across this. Okay. A couple of years ago, I asked this question, and I kind of would like to revisit it as well. By all means. And uh, it has to do with the idea of uh, self and non-self. Mm-hmm. When I asked the question originally, it seemed pretty obvious to me that there was a self. Mm -hmm. Here we are, I see things, uh, you know, I, I can hear, smell, touch, taste, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And yet there's this uh, concept called no self. And it's uh, often spoken about in these circles. Mm. And for a little clarity, I. I kind of wanted to revisit it because I've been thinking about this over mm -hmm. a period of time. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the way I'm currently thinking about it is, is that uh, there is a self, but it's not uh, a so-called independently existing self. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, um, a feature of many different conditions which have to come together in order to uh, have that sense mm -hmm. of a self, uh, one of which is having a body yeah. mm -hmm. and a mind, uh, and the other is, of course, the external world. Yeah. And this idea of no self doesn't mean necessarily that the self goes away, but it's a different understanding of what this self is, mm -hmm. and the fact that it arises according to conditions, mm -hmm. and uh, that this issue of wanting and not wanting mm -hmm. uh, reinforces a sense of the self, mm -hmm. But that even in, again, in these circles, it's talked about the cessation of wanting, mm -hmm. things of this nature, yeah. that I can't conceive of really not wanting anything ever, but that, again, it's a change in attitude. It's not mm -hmm. that wanting totally goes away. Mm -hmm. It's a different relationship to the wanting, mm -hmm. that it doesn't seem to be the only thing or the only compelling yeah. thing. That's that's the way I've kind of come to understand it, and I kind of wanted to check it out. Oh God. 
We'll do it piece by piece, uh, a little bit uh, uh, easier. Uh, everyday world, everyday mind for a moment. Uh, I need a little precision here. So everyday world, as you pointed out, feelings, thoughts, views, um, convention. I see, I see, I hear, I smell, I taste, I touch. So the sense of I arises in relationship to heart, feelings, perceptions, I see here. Body, I sit here. So the eye arises and it links up with something of the human being. I sit here, I talk, I listen, I see, I smell, I taste, I touch, I feel, I think, I imagine, I remember, I plan. So there's a movement which is going on here. And the eye, Notion of I arises and it connects with it. And that connection with it says, oh, here I am, I exist, etc. So the, the precision here is, though in these um, circles, when here's the language of uh, no self, but not in the Buddha mind, it's in these circles. And in the uh, Dharma teachings, the precision is not self. Not refuting, denying, negating. The Buddha himself used the language, I am walking from here to there. I am taking my meal. I see that. I know this. So he'd be duty-bound stop using I if he said there's no I. So it's a misunderstanding, to put it politely, in the Buddhist tradition. And so therefore, the sense of I arises, and it arises, as you pointed out, with these various conditions. So then the eye comes in, and we just take any of them. Uh, eye arises in relationship to the body. So then we say, I am sitting here, more precisely, body is sitting here. Uh, I am feeling this, I am listening to you. So the eye arises in the activity of the listening. So there's the listening going on, and the eye gets connected with it. This seems to be some total of human activity. And if the eye goes outside of this, it seems a little bit wacky. So I say, oh, I am a clock. A gong, or whatever it might be. People be recommending a good Cambridge therapist to me or something. So the eye just arises here. Yeah. And... This we assume to be how things really are. Could it be useful to have a little doubt in it? What would be the little doubt? The eye comes and it gets connected with this, and sometimes it gets connected with the body, and it says, oh, I am too short, too fat, too thin, too young, too old, too this, too that. And the eye comes, but a lot of the other baggage also gets dragged along with it. 
all the opinions, the feelings, the views, all the impressions, all the accumulated ideologies, all the conditioning, all pounds along in relationship to the body. And the eye gets consolidated around the body, as with everything else. What way would it be useful to have a doubt in all of that? Not to be so convinced I am sitting here and to look at it afresh. What would be useful? Might be useful. Otherwise, just one becomes a believer. You're asking me a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm avoiding answering. I'm asking. Well, one thing that occurs to me is is that uh, I've noticed that on occasion yes. that it's it's certainly happens that I just see and there's no thought of I in it. No. It's just seeing. I right. feel and there's no thought of I about it. It's just feeling right. and seeing and, and so forth. Well, sometimes and it's quite important that and it may be occasional that it doesn't seem quite. Such that every experience the eye arises with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a bare awareness of body sitting here, bare awareness of feeling, bare awareness thoughts passing in and out of the mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't seem like I am doing the thinking, I am feeling, it's just. There's just feelings going on, or just thoughts going on, just perceptions, and the eye doesn't seem so much in the centre of, of things, and there's, there's a kind of maybe short, temporary break from I, 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 me, me, me. What does that say to us? What does it tell you? Well, it does uh, raise a certain doubt mm. as to the, the solidity, the... the the continuous presence of All right. I. Okay. What about when you go to sleep at night? What's the primary interest? To sleep. Boys will be boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so put it in another way, in relationship to the waking state. One comes to the end of the day, one lies down on the bed, What's the primary interest? Well, in some sense, uh, you know, it's to go to sleep and, in general, just to kind of everything sort of disappears until the next morning when you wake up. Everything. I. Great interest is for I to be over with. (laughs) And lies, put one's head on the pillow. End of I. A relief, and if, one, if the eye is going on like an overheated engine from the day, past, present, and future, this, that, and the other, and I can't sleep, and I, I, I. All, all that one wants is the end of I, end of the mind, end of cons- worrying about one's poor old body. Just sleep. Every day we have, every day we have an interest in leaving I behind. Nice deep sleep, no I. Refreshed and renewed. So the interest in the continuity of I is also hours every day of interest in discontinuity. So since that applies for 
maybe a quarter of a day or a third of some people's day or tragically half of some people's day. That in the... And then the eye seems to get reborn in the wake-up, the uh, vitality comes in, the mind comes in, the body comes in. And new days, the new days start. So the teachings are... Why would the teachings and practices keep reminding us to see what we think of self as not-self. Not saying no self and have an ideology. What we conceive of self to be not-self. What would be helpful about that as a spiritual practice, as a way of looking? Without any denial, no avoidance, no denial, no running away from, one's right there in the face of one's human existence. So he doesn't step back one centimeter from it. Yet, the tendency is to keep seeing what is observed as oneself. What would be the value of looking differently? The way I see it now, I mm. see it, it uh, creates a lot less pressure in right. some, some yeah. sense. If, you, if, if I can view things as occurring more or less spontaneously yeah. and Yes, there is a certain, I, when I say I, I come into it, I try to do things, mm -hmm. I think about things, I plan things and so forth, but to kind of look at it as, as something more that spontaneously arises kind of takes the pressure off in some way, yeah. makes things a little easier. Okay, so sometimes we, in our, just in our silences and our stillnesses, we are just, there's just more precisely, there was just witnessing taking place. And the witnessing may be just of the breathing coming and going. The witnessing may be of pain sensations or warm, pleasant sensations arising out of the body. And develop a certain, there is a development, a certain steadiness with that, just to be able to witness clearly and rather carefully and sensitively what's going on with, 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 with the body. And sometimes, therefore, the switch would be towards, in terms of seeing it as not-self, instead of saying, oh, I am going through all this pain, my body is causing so much problem for me, to perhaps to see, oh, here is the sitting, and what is the body? Genetic activity, elements coming and going, it's a force of energy and vibrations and sensations, and learning to see witness just in among those terms. That, all of, all of that contributes to seeing, instead of I and the body, see the body as it is. Just life, organic life. In this world, we didn't invite to look like this, here we are better or worse, here it is. Could the same be said to apply to heart, mind, perceptions and feelings? To witness, to see it clearly, closely, intimately, not as self, but as not self. I think it's a lot harder with, uh, for me, yeah, with, yeah. with thinking. You know, I'm 
very closely identify with ah. thoughts when they come up, and you know that's my thoughts. It's yeah. not like, oh, it's just random or no. condition. But I, I can I can start to begin to see it that way. Yeah. You know, particularly you know when I when I sit and just thoughts arise. It's not it's not yes. me. It's not my thoughts. It's just thoughts arising. But when I deliberately think about something, then it's kind of harder to think of that. Right. I'm not thinking right. this. All right. So, as it, their thoughts arising, and then the very important statement, when there is strong identification with the thinking, then it seems like, and it feels like more and more, I am thinking. So, self and being really identified with seem to go together. Mm -hmm. The I arises and I am strongly identified with my country. So the I grabs hold of that idea called USA or UK or whatever it might be and with that strong identification with that can come a lot of whatever, negative judgments about other countries or even very negative judgments about one's own. I am strongly identified with my country. That identification with stops us from seeing clearly. So identified with things. So this the I and identification seems easily to go together. Do we want to identify with anything for? Seems it, since it seems to create so much problem, and since it seems to be so much I identification with, and the tension and the pressure. We think of any situ in our situation in our life which causes a lot of problems for us. We stop and say, well, maybe indicating how closely one is identified with it. And the more the stronger the identification, stronger the suffering, stronger the clinging, stronger the identity. So what's going to take some of the potency out of the eye and therefore letting go into another way of relating? Let me let me answer that a little bit indirectly, because right. what, what arises from you that is, if one is not identified with things, yeah. how does one retain the passion for doing things, for, you know, for life, yeah. for whatever? For right, so that's, that's a good question. So sometimes there is some concern, or for some even a fear. My goodness, if I'm not identified with anything, then I'll end up, whatever, indifferent or uh, detached or loss of passion. If I'm identified with it, I get caught up in it, I get stuck in it, I make my life a nightmare, I make other people's life a nightmare, <laughs> etc. So what's the middle way between being identified with and creating havoc all around, or being detached, a word which the Buddha has never used in saying, and distant and aloof from and cut off from. There has to be some middle ground between these two. 
How would you express the middle ground? Not a teaching of detachment from existence. Well, for me, uh, for the things that I feel strongly about, yes. mm-hmm. you know, using the I in more yeah, conventional yeah, yeah, sense, yeah. and I believe in, yeah. um, first of all, I give myself room to continue to question and look at those things so I yes. don't accept them blindly. Yep, all right. And secondly, I always realize that uh, whatever energies and efforts I put into those things, that it may not turn out the way I would like it to be, but I Good. nevertheless, I do it. Oh, wisdom, that's wisdom. So the, in terms of, just take a step, a step here, in the practicalities of things. Awareness, mindfulness and witnessing is part of, not the whole training, part of the training and development for us to see body as body, feelings as feelings, a thought as a thought, a state of mind as a state of mind, and to be clear, that's what it is. It isn't worth clinging to, it isn't worth being identified with, and it isn't worth calling calling it me and mine. That's the practice. To see states of mind as states of mind, emotions as emotions, thoughts as thoughts, body as body, to see quietly, gently, firmly, just as that. Therefore, to see it as that, put it in Dharma language, to see it much more as as that rather than as me or mine. To see it as non-self rather than as self. Yet there's no withdrawal. That's absolutely completely present to that. And even though we might say, oh, I am watching this. I am witnessing these states of mind. I am witnessing these pains going through the body. But even that sense of I can also fade. And sometimes it's just a rather pure witness. Pure witnessing of heart, mind and body. Pure witnessing of feelings, thoughts, organic bodily life. Pure, pure witnessing. That gets clear for us. Then the I will still arise. Literally. It will arise like a wave arises out of the ocean. It just arises naturally. The wisdom is, as you just expressed there, the wisdom aspect of it is the way the I wants things may not be the way things are. That's called wisdom. If one senses that, liberation is knocking on our doorstep. The I ain't got control. And wisdom says, oh, the I arises, it's got preferences, it's got uh, interests, etc. It brings up things from the mind, etc. Wisdom says, this is the I arising. Even the I is... Just life. And if we forget, it's miserable. If we forget it, and if we don't forget, it's not miserable. The wisdom which sees the unfoldment of life, appreciates and acknowledges the I arising in it, that we don't make it the measure. Just 
The eye does this, like said yesterday in the evening talk. The eye says, oh, they are much better, and I am not doing very well. If we are identified with that view, it's miserable. And if we say, oh, this is how the eye arose, and this is how it viewed, and there's some space around it, and it's just a funny old eye game again, life is easier. One is liberating, and the other is imprisoning. And we're just trying to point to the liberating end. It's a better way of living. It's called sanity. And that's all there is to it. Any clearer or more confused? No. Or in between? No, I think that was, uh, that was quite clear to me. Yeah. How about putting it in forgetting to me? <laughs> no, no, say it another way. Yeah. So for you, fine to use the language of me. How to put it? Express things without bringing in the I and the me. Say it was quite clear. Oh, good. <laughs> That's all. That's all right. 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 The, the me is a little extra, and then the me would grab hold of this. It's quite clear to me, and then you go and sit down and say, "It's not quite clear to me." And the me will be, the I will be, back in quickly. And that uh, clarity, if it runs deep, is our best friend great support in life and, and therefore we're not shy of the sense of I and me arising but we're not giving it the great authority. Clarity or the wisdom is our friend. Good. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Never thought that I would come in the front. Yes, <laughs> Actually, um, I was lost in the forest. And in I the forest, I, yeah, yes. I was lost in the forest, and I thought I would ma never manage to come here, and now I'm right here. And it feels right to come in the front. Mm. And, um, what I'd like to say is, um, Take myself so seriously. Take yourself so seriously. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, you know, like, I, I know that, um, I know that it's not important, I don't really believe in it, but still, still I take myself so seriously. And would you like to give an example <laughs> of a recent situation, either here or Elsewhere, where you look back and think, my goodness me, I took myself so seriously. What, what, what? But it's what? all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's there all the time. All right, so what way are you taking yourself seriously sitting on the cushion? Yeah. But now actually I try not to take myself seriously. <laughs> 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 this is probably one of the reasons why I'm here. But, uh, like, I want to be a good person, I want a nice job, and I want a new job, actually, you want, you want, what, this time, you want, what? Like, now at the moment I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should get a, a new job, I'm looking for something new. And you know, I want so many things, and I believe that, that I am that. And even so, I know it's bullshit. I still, <laughs> still, it's 
still running in my mind, you know. And sometimes I get into that and then I think, okay, no. It's not true. You take yourself too seriously. And then I keep going and I say to myself, oh, you take yourself too seriously. I give so much importance to myself, mm. even if I know that it's, yeah. it's just not important. Right. So, clearly, though you are using the one-liner, I am taking myself too seriously, that it isn't having enough uh, authority to it to make the change. But isn't it worthwhile in some areas of life, and that could be finding new work or whatever, to actually taking some things seriously and being very light and relaxed and easy about other things. Does it have to be, I should never take myself seriously about anything I have a wish for? Or some things seriously and some things lightly and finding the wisdom that way. But now you put it like that, you know, it's like if Somehow I don't take myself enough seriously. <laughs> no, it sounds mad, but it's like, it's very difficult for me to find or to think of which type of job do I want to do because I, I feel as if it's not important, you know? I feel as if uh, it's not important if I do one thing or if I do another thing. So I just, the question comes, I think a little bit of it about it and I get bored of it and then I just get rid of it and it's still, you know, I don't find a job. Oh. I wait until it comes, but I don't believe in it so much, you know. The, in, in looking at the, your responses to uh, different situations there, so, uh, since you've mentioned job now two or three times, I'm curious, what were you doing or are you doing and what would you like to do? Then somebody might employ you. From here. <laughs> I don't even think that job is a big issue, you know? <laughs> no, it's true, you know, it's because it's, a, it's, it's one example, and it's easy, this one. Uh, but to answer the question, I'm not doing much. You're not doing much? No, no but I'm going to be a tour guide. In a tour guide? Denver. Yeah. Right. And where will you take people on tour? You might get some customers. Where, where will you no, I have enough. You got enough. All right, enough. good. All right. So, in terms of work and other things, for a moment, inwardly, heart, in terms of heart, life. How at ease are you with periods of work, periods of not being? Is is the, is it that there is behind the questions and the humour from you, there's suffering? Or is it that you are pretty light with things? In a nice way, in a good way, positive way. What would you say? I, I think it's good. <laughs> but it's difficult to say, you know. But uh, it's, uh, it's not always easy, but it just kind of doesn't matter so much. Mm -hmm. With, it, it's true. There are lots of things which we feel matter um, a great deal may often seem beforehand they matter a great deal, then afterwards we look back and we say, oh, it didn't really matter that much there. 
and therefore the attitude of mind where lots of things don't matter too much really can be very healthy. Is there anything which you could put your hand on your heart and say, this does matter? Could be something difficult or something healthy and wise and appropriate, useful. Anything which would say, yes, this matters. Say the Dharma. The Dharma. Get my agreement on that one. <laughs> right. In that, if that, as it is for myself and plenty of other people uh, in the hall, thing which uh, matters most in, in life, one's life as best we can to fit into the Dharma of life, that in everything that you just said, does it feel well integrated into the Dharma of life? Into the Dharma? Yes, from one angle. From which is? Yes, I suppose so. Yes? Good. Suppose doesn't, you don't sound quite as confident in the answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But in not that, you know. No, no, no. We're not looking <laughs> for perfection. Just, you know, we want just enough. Good enough. There. In that, in coming up and just uh, saying what you have, have said, is there anything that you wish might come out of it? that would be really helpful, that makes a difference. Coming in the front, mm. having mm. this conversation. Yes. I suppose The feeling, if I think more about the feeling mm -hmm. that I have inside, is more giving up myself. Mm. In um, uh, listening, I wondered whether the certain um, lightness and humor that comes across needs to be a bit more centered, grounded. Um, when you um, initially uh, walked up and uh, sat, the, some of the earlier responses, uh, humour too, uh, I take myself to uh, ser seriously. And yet, in all the communication, it was smiling, laughter and humour. Slightly mixed message. Words saying one thing, body... Feelings and emotions saying, saying something else. And movement back and forwards there. And I just wondered, in that kind of movement, in that way, 
where the something needs to be a bit more centered there. I'm not so sure that if the issue is around taking yourself too seriously or being too light about it, whether it's actually somewhere else. This is the question, I'm not here. About to walk. About to drag yourself out. Mm. Um, and you made a statement yesterday, which was. Um, Can you hear in the back area? Uh, walking with nowhere to go. Yeah. And you said, think about that. Mm. And I was wondering if you could talk more about it because I'm having such a. I'm really resenting having a walk. <laughs> with nowhere to go. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I'm pretty goal-oriented. Uh, right. I have to have somewhere to go. Yes, right. Um, I can. Um, you just go back uh, a little bit. Say a little bit, if you, if you wish, about the resentment. You know, I knew you were going to say that. Of course. Um, <laughs> I've actually, I'm, I'm really tired, and I just want to rest. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just want to rest. And I'm I, tired uh, of walking. Yes, sure. So the, uh, the rest would be sitting or reclining. Is that the kind of rest you've got in mind? Or is the... Or could the rest be wanting to rest from being goal-orientated? <laughs> huh. Well, I was going to say from physical activity because I've just been really tired lately. But mm. I've also. Physical, what, what kind of physical activity? Just being in a, a nine to five monotony schedule, you know, nine to five, five to seven, seven to nine get to bed by 10, get up the next morning, which is not natural to the body. No, 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 it's uh, no. So sometimes there's a a lot of work uh, going on these uh, times of beginning at the end of the day, and they can be very long, and I agree, it puts a lot of pressure everywhere on on the body. And then completely different kind of message getting generated uh, uh, here, and the uh, walking up and down with uh, nowhere to go uh, message that uh, uh, goes out. So the resistance, resentment, has it been so far strong enough to stop any walking up and down so that your walking has simply been to the meditation hall and to the food queue? Wait, say that again? Well, oh, you see, no, when, when you've been, obviously you've been walking around right. here, but could it be because you've got a, somewhere to go to, called the meditation hall or the food queue or the yeah. toilet or something? Yeah. Hmm? You're right. Yeah, it's the it's having to do it in a certain period of time. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, when it comes to the meditative walking uh, uh, up and down, so so far 
that hasn't actually got underway. I mean, so far, there is, I've got it clear, the resistance has had enough potency to it that you successfully avoided every walking meditation. No, right, I have not avoided it. I've gone to every walking meditation. Oh, you've gone to every one? Oh, yeah. Oh, impressive. That's why I'm resentful. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm making myself do something that, like, inside, you know, I just don't really... No. I'm forcing myself to do this and yeah. to... Yeah, the, 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 will, the willpower will is, is probably as much against the resistance as against the event itself. Mm -hmm. hmm? So the willpower is used to overcome the resistance. What about um, uh, standing uh, meditation? You're standing there, it's not like you're waiting for a bus or anything. So, how's your relationship to standing? I, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> like, for example, I was waiting in line for food and I find myself really impatient because I can't get to that goal fast enough. No. And because it's just standing there. And so then I tried, you know, then I thought, okay, I have to treat this as a standing meditation and be more patient. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and, I, and I breathed through it and I noticed, and I noticed that I'm, Impatient mm. that I want things yes. my way and in my time. So, somebody said to me just a few uh, weeks ago, "Do you see much, Christopher, uh, in the way of differences in teaching in different places?" Mm. And uh, so then the person said, to me, "said What do you find on the uh, east coast of the states?" So these things are always full of dreadful gen generalizations. And I said, they're very goal-orientated there. Well, what do you make of it? last year, well, for the past 10 years, I've lived in the South. Have you? Which doesn't have a reputation no, for no, being goal-oriented. No. And my retreat last year was in Mississippi which is not a goal-oriented state. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really I, beautiful. I, I, didn't rea I didn't realize that the Dharma was so strong down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, lovely, nice to hear. Yeah, okay, we on. had a Vipassana retreat there. All right, good luck. Um, and I didn't resent it there. No. <laughs> it was amazing. As you right. bring that up, if you want to, yeah, yeah. you know, conclude it as a cultural <laughs> experience. Um, um, the main thing, it, it is important in a relationship to any uh, activity that uh, you're not forcing yourself into, in this case, doing, doing the, the walking meditation. If there's the use of a lot of will, then it, the, the size or the scale of uh, the issue just tends to tends to grow uh, there. Is is there any way that you might approach it all very differently? Since there's been some reaction to nowhere to go, what what might be a way of walking 
up and down, which gives you some sense of uh, direction. That it's something to do. Therefore, to lower the temperature of the resistance by looking differently at it. Well, since there's nowhere to go, it's an easy one to live with. Then, what other way could you relate to the walking meditation? I guess that's why I came up here, because I'm out of. I don't know. What kind of uh, qualities in, a, in the inner life might be cultivated through quietly, persistently just walking up and down, taking one step at a time? I guess it's just that, taking one step at a time. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Any, but that may not keep you going for many steps. You know, just taking one step at a time and then after ten steps, the resistance is back. Any, anything else? An important one. And many situations in life, we do need to be able to take one step at a time, physically, metaphorically. Anything else which okay, okay. cultivating and developing and nourishing the inner life through walking up and down. Therefore, to bring a bit more purpose to it than my bland, nowhere to go statement. Anything else? I encourage you just to walk up and down. Okay, well, two things. So, there's physically and there's the mind. Yeah. And so, physically, yes. focusing on the breath, which I guess is a combination of the mind and yeah. the body. Yeah, okay, good. On the breath, on the body, yeah. Um, what about for the, what can develop in the inner life through the formal walking practice? Oh, you, oh, what can develop from it? Like what is yeah, a goal? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so that you can uh, feel more relaxed about uh, walking up and well, down. <laughs> I keep thinking that eventually there's going to be a break, that if I keep doing it, hmm. that I'll reach a stillness within the walking that I have felt before. Hmm. Right. But I'm still not answering your question because I can't find the answer inside. No. I, I had more in mind in asking the, the question, actual qualities which can develop and do develop through walking meditation and qualities which you can use helpfully here and elsewhere. Well, obviously patience. All right, yeah, definitely. Okay, patience. Um, One step at a time. Yeah. I was going to say determination, but I think that's still tied up with yeah, will. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, quietness. Okay. Quietitude, yeah, quietness of being. Mindfulness. Mindfulness, yeah. Um, softness. Might inspire others Openness, as well. trust. Open. This is weird that this just came up. Forgiveness. I have no idea why. What do you think of that list? That's a big list. <laughs> Walking up and down, one step at a time. Mindfulness, 
trust, openness, receptivity, connection, commitment, forgiveness somewhere in there. Do you think all those might be useful for your human existence? Most definitely. Most definitely. So, sometimes one one line statement seems too jarring all the inner work or the conditioning can be gold, gold, gold. So we say, okay, what's some middle to help uh, with this in order to feel at ease with something which one has a resistance to and which is clearly non-harming, harmless, or whatever. So sometimes we go from one extreme, we go to the other, and once again trying to find the middle a middle ground there, and just to see how the uh, inner world is, in just walking up and down. Yeah? Or walking up and down. If you, if you were in a hospital and you just had whatever, skiing accident or whatever it might be, and you hadn't been able to walk, you wouldn't be concerned about getting somewhere. You just love the opportunity walk up and down after weeks or months of no opportunity to do it. So the appreciation for the walking will contribute to making, reducing some of the demands we make on the rest of life. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe I'm up here actually. Um, something that I've been coming up against since I've been here is uh, is the issue of forgiveness. Forgiveness, yeah. And uh, I can see how it gets in, in the way of me uh, being more mindful and, and living in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I wondered uh, what some of your thoughts are on that on that issue. <laughs> you want to be uh, specific, in, if you wish, no pressure, in terms of what you have in mind, who or what. Forgiveness uh, is around. Yeah, sure. I guess why not. Um, it's to do with my father. Actually, he's he's terminally ill, and uh, I haven't. I mean, I've had contact with him now since I found out. But uh, you know, it's sort of brought up a lot for me about about that issue, and how I, I carry a lot of resentment. I think that kind of keeps me in the past. Mm. And in terms of uh, time and distance. Near to each other, a long way apart from each other? Oh, we've always been a long way apart in the way. I mean, I grew up in another continent and um, then I got to know him as I got older. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, the last 10 years or so, there hasn't been any, any contact whatsoever until, you know, I found, um, until he called me to tell me that he was you know, basically dying. Mm. So um, I'm sort of, uh, I guess part of it is the pressure I have from the rest of my family. You know, mm-hmm. that, that I should, you know, like go to him or be near him. And and where is he and where are you in terms of? I'm in New York. He's in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how long ago is it that you heard from your father about his situation? Uh, a month ago. A month ago. Mm-hmm. And over the month, what's been your response? Um, actually, in a way, I feel um, I have been. I've been called. I've called him twice. And uh, the first time, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed not hearing it, mm, so, but, but 
but it um, it really um, it brought up a lot. Yeah, I kind of it's, it's, it sounds kind of corny saying mm -hmm. this, but I do see him as a teacher in a way that um, yeah, sure. I can really learn about this. And the other part, I guess, is my wife's five months pregnant, so I'm, yeah, I I see. Yeah, I've got this life and death thing going on. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. pretty powerful in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah, very. Uh, given the, the uh, circumstances, the negativity or the, re or the resentment tied in with the past and, and what did that... Uh, I guess uh, the lack of relationship, really. You know, I mean, lack I, of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that he didn't really contribute much to my, my growing up, you know, emotionally, financially, mm. in any way. And as I said, it's actually got more to do with the rest of my family who feel that I owe him, you know, that I owe him something more. And you know, like going to his bedside and, and being there. Whereas I feel um, the forgiveness, what I'm doing in a way, is, is enough of the communication, you know, mm. and um, that I don't really belong there. You know, I, it's, it's not where I belong. In what's his circumstance, if I may ask? California, with regard to support, emotional support, it's obviously the most difficult time in a person's life. There wasn't any. Uh, my my mother lived. Oh, for him at yeah. the present time, oh. given that he's sick, very sick. What, for him, that I could give him. Or? That that he's getting while there. Oh, he, no, he, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, not a new wife, but he has. He's he's had about three wives since then. Um, yes. But he, he has. He has two children, you know, who, um, who are very supportive. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Um, and do you have any contact with them? Uh, I didn't, but I do now. You know, I mean, I haven't, mm. spoken, you know, had any with them for a number of years either. Mm. But and that's that's felt pretty good too. Mm. You know. uh, what what stops you from just for a short period of time going out there? Um, my resentment. Um, also, I feel if if it was a reverse situation that I, you know, that I don't think I'd get support from him. So, you know, I, I know that sounds mm. that's sort that's, of yeah, it's just speculation. But yeah, but more, more importantly, uh, the present is your communication and mm -hmm, resentment. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's enough resentment in a way, since it's it's the blood, it's your father, to hold you back. It's the blood, it's the father, but it's sort of like saying in a, in a Buddhist, you know, uh, that's sort of a label. It's, uh, it's, but, you it know, is that, a strong one too. It's holding me back. Yeah, it, I'm asking, it's not a statement, it's a question. Is, is, is the fact that he um, wasn't present emotionally, didn't support you financially, and therefore the past, Tragic neglect of that is strong enough to keep you in New York and to stop you flying to California. Partly, <laughs> yeah, partly. The other part is, um, you know, with this communication I have, I realise that I, I feel he doesn't need me there. So, you know, sort of another speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. convenient one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Have, have you? asked him if he would like you to go. No. Why don't you ask him? 
because, and this is speculating again, I, I feel he's more comfortable with me not going. I, I think it would make him feel uncomfortable. Does his, does his other children know of your existence? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Adults and adults. Mm -hmm. my, my concern would be, well, how serious is the illness? What's the oh, he's got ALS. He's, What's yeah. ALS? Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, neuro I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know what they call it in England. Um, it's a neurological disease where mm -hmm. slowly his... Um, his nerves are dying. Um, yeah, his nerves are dying, so his muscles. I mean, he's oh, yes. he's paralyzed. Motor neuron. No. I don't know. No, yeah. Anyway, so there's no there's nothing they can do. You know, no. It's, it's and what's the life expectancy? Um, probably um, within another six months or eight months. Or so yeah, a, a year at the most. Um, just for your... Yeah, yourself and the uh, emotion uh, response to all, all of this. If your father dies mm. and you don't go, what's going to happen to your resentment? Um. I guess I feel that, you know, just because he's dead doesn't mean that, you know, the relationship's not necessarily over in a sense. I mean, do I have to have the physical, you know, contact with him that I can't, I can't Another speculation. work through it? All intents and purposes, if he dies for you, he's gone. But your resentment hasn't. What do you think might happen to him? Either way, I mean, I don't know. I, I could take it out of my own, uh, you know, my own family. Um, it could eat away at you. What would it, what could it con what could it turn to? Um, Since obviously, oh, anger, I guess. I mean, yeah. guilt. Yeah, oh, guilt, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already feel so much guilt anyway. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I feel guilt because. Part of me is, um, I don't know if I feel sorry for him, you know, and I hate saying mm. that, because of course I do, yeah. but I know there's a part of me that mm, yeah, sure. sort of, there's some form of revenge or something, you know. Yeah. Not unusual for past, and where there has been circumstances like your own, it leaves a residue of impression, mm -hmm. and the painful outcome, uh, that goes uh, along with along with it, that's there. Then it's the question, are you going to live in the past <laughs> or are you going to bring your heart to the reality of a man who's very slowly, systematically dying, who's your father? I'm not sure to be honest. Right no. Would it be worthwhile, while you were here, really giving this question, since it brought you here, some real attention? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think it matters in your long term.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.